Hello. Uh, so thanks, Joe and Pete and all those that contributed their representations and sketches of those one another's. Kids, how many did you count? What a marvellous compilation of biblical truth. What a world of opportunities. A smorgasbord of delightful activity. Or perhaps you, your reaction to that was more along the lines of, what a weight of responsibility. Don't worry, keep listening. I've got some especially good news if that was you. So, in a strange time of the year, that was a, a short and different Christmas maybe for all of us. I hope you found some, some sort of connection with some people over Christmas. And uh, um, who knows what next year is going to bring. And, and here we are in that sort of in-between time. Um, don't know if you know what to do with the next couple of days, but uh, maybe we'll uh, get some ideas out of that one anothering we've just heard about. As we've studied the book of James together over recent months, we've been considering how to put our faith into action. And so what uh, Joe's put together there was, uh, was so helpful in, in tying in with that, so nicely uh, and neatly fits with that, doesn't it? It's helpful to have such clear, practical application of the truth. And, and uh, we like that, don't we? And we're increasingly... Uh, grasping through revelation and experience in our relationship with Jesus. Um, I just want to say as well, just I love that Aidan's Colossians 3.16 in there where he says, teach one another. That's what you were actually doing in putting that together uh, and us being able to hear that this morning. So thanks Aidan and thanks, uh, like I say, everybody. I won't be able to mention everybody this morning, but I do want to... Uh, uh, commend you all for taking the time and, and bringing those bits of truth to us. Um, you kind of really shone a spotlight for us, and I want to shine a spotlight for us on some of the why we might do that to complement what's been brought there. Joe already referenced John, where he says that it's so that we're recognisable as followers of Christ, that we do these things, these are our behaviours. He says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. He's Joe's right there. And when we look at in, uh, in, into these one another's in their context, um, we can often see, maybe expanding, reading the rest of the verse or, or the verse before or after the, in the context where it is, we, we'll, we'll see the, the motivation and the source and the reason, the why we would one another. Each of these uh, would have been written to real people in actual churches in their original context. And each would be worthy of a sermon on its own, probably. For, for today, I just want to look out, pick out three of them and see if we can begin to see a pattern in there. Uh, the first one is uh, 1 John 4.11, where it says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Colossians 3.13, where it says, 
bear with each other. We saw that spelt out in Scrabble letters. And forgive one another. That's what Tim, Zach and Leo uh, uh, read to us. Holding up the pieces of paper. Goes on to say, if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And then Dexter, in Romans 15, reminded us to accept one another. And it says here, accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. So these verses don't only instruct us to love, forgive and accept one another, they also draw our attention to the Lord and his love for us, his forgiveness of our sins and his acceptance of us through Christ. In each case, the starting point, the beginning of, 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 of what's being said there is not our love for, our forgiveness to and our acceptance of others. No, it's his love for forgiveness to and acceptance of us. That is where we need to also start. And that's the pattern that we can see. If you wanted some homework, you could look at the other, all of the rest of them, better not tell you how many. And you can see which of them you can find the pattern where it's highlighting what God has done, and you can see the whys. I think it'd be helpful uh, to ask ourselves some questions off the back of this pattern, off the back of these verses, uh, as we think about one anothering. And the first one I want to ask is, do we know that God loves, forgives, and accepts us yet? Do we know enough to take a first step? The answer for you today may be no, not yet. That's okay. Maybe you're just looking in today. Maybe you've just heard bits about Jesus but not read and heard all the facts yet or reached a decision. Maybe, maybe you're still quite young. Maybe you're, you're quite small. You mean busy learning how to walk and to talk and to listen and you're still learning to read. Maybe you're still finding out about people and animals and buildings and transport and the weather and the world around you. There's so much to learn, isn't there? That's fine. There's lots to learn. Keep asking questions and hearing answers and thinking about all those things. And you can also think about these kind of questions as well. Does God love me? Do I need forgiving? Does God accept me? These are good questions to ask. They're good truths to consider. And you can ask people about those and find out. And I can tell you now that there is a God who created you and loves you. His love is proven in the gift of Jesus. We've been looking at it all over Christmas, haven't we? The arrival of Jesus on the earth. The one who came to be the forgiveness of our sins. Our deepest need, all of us, our deepest need 
is a direct relationship with God through Jesus. Our relationship with him can never be through someone else, through, through a leader or a friend or a parent even. No one else can be our saviour. In him is where you find your salvation, your identity, acceptance, love and security. Have you ever abseiled? Abseiling is where you go down a rock face backwards uh, normally. Uh, and, and, and to abseil, you need a, a rope. Uh, you need it attached to an anchor. You need to be wearing a harness. You need some other bits of equipment and helmet and safety things, maybe some gloves as well. Uh, but there's this point when you abseil that you're stood at the top and you're standing with your weight on your own feet on the, on the ground there. And then, uh, and then there's this, this moment where you, where you, you kind of uh, choose between that familiar ground that's currently bearing your weight and you, you change your posture. You transfer your weight into the harness, onto the rope and the anchor. You trust that that anchor and that rope will hold you. It's a step of faith. The only way to know what it feels like and if it's going to hold your weight is to do it. In the same way, there can be that moment for you where you repent and receive forgiveness for all of your sins where you transfer your full trust into the love of Christ. And a Christian friend or one of the leaders here can help you with that if you ask. Another question is, do I know this enough to keep acting on it? Maybe you've taken the first step. You know that this is true. You've got some experience in living as a disciple of Jesus. You've got a solid, a current grasp of, of the reality of this great gospel. You know that you're loved, forgiven and accepted. Hallelujah. That's great. That's how it's supposed to be. God isn't cruel. He's not setting traps and moving the goalposts. It wasn't so long ago we were in James 1 and reading this. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits for all he created. Loving, forgiving, accepting, it all started with Christ. He initiated it. We can continue to give him thanks then and step into showing this love, forgiveness and acceptance to others. This is the why we do it. This is why we love and forgive and accept others because we know we are loved, forgiven and accepted. This is why we comfort and encourage and, and teach and all those other great one another's that we're looking at today. Again, in Echoes of James, we see faith and action here being clearly connected again. And here it's, it's clear that the specific order is essential. The primacy is our relationship with God. This is where we do our receiving, our being filled to overflowing. Healthy one anothering is an outworking of God's inputting. Many of these one anothers are counterintuitive, they're countercultural, and they're certainly counter our sinful nature. So each one 
each time we do one of these, it's kind of an expression, a, a step of faith. God loves that. So Stuart and Ginny bought us uh, uh, Philippians 2. Regard one another as more important than yourself. Simon was reminding us to clothe ourselves in humility towards one another. Rebecca said we should submit to one another. Sidhu and Pippa reminded us to confess our sins to one another. These aren't kind of natural actions, aren't they? They're not, they're not uh, what, what society would say were good things to do. They're not natural, they're supernatural. And they're what God has, uh, in, in, has given us to do. I've long loved the joy and challenge of all these applications. I, I've, 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 I've been helped by you shining a spotlight on them for me uh, just this week. I've attempted most of them in my life, uh, often falling short, but I've also known how tremendously satisfying and life-giving the experience of trusting God and his word is. Uh, even when, a bit like that abseiling again, uh, the experience can be that you know, as you put your trust in that, that, that anchor, that rope, that harness, once you're there and, you've, and it's got you full weight and you realise that, that it's got you, it's, it's really exhilarating as you, uh, as you descend the, the cliff face. My final question for us is, do I know it enough, these things enough for every moment? Maybe you know what I'm talking about, you've un you understand it, but maybe recently, you, know, you, you do lots of one anothering, but maybe recently it feels more like a, a burden than a joy. Um, maybe thoughts are creeping in about being disappointed with God not rewarding you adequately for the kindness you've been showing to others. Uh, things not been going well in your life, even though you're doing all this one anothering. Or perhaps you've been one anothering people and they've not been really very grateful for it. Uh, you've been sharing the gospel with them and they're not responding to Christ and, and you're, 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 showing, you're showing love to people uh, and they just don't seem to appreciate it. If that's the case, maybe it's time for you to pause and to be refreshed in God. Maybe it's the time for you to come and lay down the striving, the earning, uh, the focus on what you're doing. And remember and hear again the other half of these one another's, where that primary emphasis is on what God has already done, on what he's freely given you. Yeah, we know it, probably we know it, but we don't always manage to remember it in the moment. Uh, one anothering isn't going to earn us anything in God's sight. It's not going to pay back our debts. It's not going to cause him to start accepting us. He already does accept us. So we can leave all that at the door. We can approach his throne empty and open-handed ready to receive. Allow him to pour his grace into us till we burst at the seams and can't help but one another others. Just to refresh from those three verses, 
since God so loved us. As the Lord forgave you, just as Christ accepted you. So I'm just going to finish in a moment in prayer uh, and give us that opportunity to, to come, come to Christ again and to remember that he initiated it, that he's the provider, that he's the one that loves, forgives and accepts us So that as we go and one another, we're going in the power of the Spirit. We're going with the right motives. We're going confidently receiving from God all that we need to do that. Just a bit further down in Romans 15, in verse 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to pray this for us as, as a church and for those that are looking in. I pray, Lord God, for wherever people are at. I want to pray for those that uh, have been weary with one anothering uh, to come back, uh, to, to pause, to be refreshed in you. Lord, to be filled again with your Holy Spirit, to be reset in terms of motive, motivation, Lord, to remember why we are, we are called to one another. We pray that people would, would shift their weight onto you, onto the, 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 the anchor that is Christ. I want to pray for uh, those, Lord, that are wondering about whether to take a, a definite step and put their full trust in you. I want to pray that you would uh, gently uh, lead them into that, Lord. Help them to make clear and decisive step into your kingdom and to experience the joy of, of being right with you. And I want to pray for those, Lord, that are, that are powering on one anothering. From, from a good motive, those that are daily being filled with your spirit, keeping their eyes on you and, uh, and pouring out that love towards others. I pray that you would increase uh, what you're doing in them, uh, in us, Lord. Would you, would you uh, give us more one anothering to do? Lord, let us know the exhilaration and the joy of flowing in your spirit uh, of, of, uh, and of serving others uh, with, 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 a, with, a, with an unexpected return, Lord. I want to pray. Lord, that you would uh, graciously lead us into more powerful expressions of the kingdom of God, that your kingdom would come, that your name would be lifted high. I pray this in your precious son's name. Amen.